Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, bro, we're like recording. We are. We're doing things. Wow, the computers, the servers are back online. Yep, big, everything. Big uh, server crash. They tried to hack our servers, and we we yep. crashed them ourselves. Ha ha. Oh, shit. Ha ha. Now they're oh, they're back because we crashed them so efficiently Ooh. we could uncrash them yeah. right after that because that's how servers work. Right, and then after we crashed them, we were like, oh, let's have sex with this car. Uh, Whoa, guys, I just got here. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, wait a minute. When did you have sex with a car? What? You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey, guys, this is Missing Out. Welcome back. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And today we're joined by a special guest. Hi. From the Wiki Ship Down podcast that you just heard the advertisement for. Kill him, dude. Oh my god! Because of Vulcan. Oh god! <laughs> anyway, um, hey Ruthann. Hey, how's it going? Hey Lex. Hey Atari. Hi. I should, oh shit! I should call you Lex, right? Yeah. Okay. Fuck. So no, it's okay. We can contextualize this. So actually, it's it's worth uh, worth mentioning. So yes, uh, you are of course one of the hosts of the Wiki Ship Down podcast. But you uh, you are also one of my oldest and dearest friends. We've known each other for what? I I was trying to figure this out <sighs> earlier. At, 15-ish years? About 15 Give years, yeah. Um, Since freshman year of high school, about. Yeah, weird. We're old. And so for us, about 15 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're old as fuck um, now. So, so long time. So you've you've known me through several phases and permutations of my life, and you've also known me through oh, yeah. several phases and permutations of my name. Uh, this is something that I don't really, mm-hmm. I forget sometimes. So it's weird when I hear people say Alex because I'm so not used to it anymore. Tari, are you, do you mm. know this? Alex? Do you know any? You don't. Great. So <laughs> Tari's gonna learn about your other no, name. So, I know your full name. So my full name is Alexandre, uh, and that just confuses the crap out of everybody. Uh, I, I, my yeah, my parents were living in Brazil when I was born. I have no Brazilian heritage at all, but that's where they were. And my mom was a big fan of Brazilian soap operas, and okay. one of the shows she was a fan of, uh, the villain. I forget if it was the character <laughs> or the actor, but was named Alexandre, and she says yes. Uh, this this name will be the name of my my first and to date only begotten son, uh, and that name just confuses everybody. I would have to like ex- just take a, a pause in every conversation to explain to people what my name was, and it it got exhausting. Uh, but my parents at home would would call me Alex, and it's spelled like spelled same as Alex, mm-hmm. but with the which was. Super helpful right, for right, all right, of right. this. Phonetically, U-H-L-E-X. <laughs> so if the idea was to help me avoid confusing people, just a- aggressive step in the wrong direction. So after really after I moved to 
Massachusetts, uh, my friends there just started dropping that first syllable. And I went, wow, this is way easier. I have to explain <laughs> this to literally nobody. Right. And so I just said, you know what, from now on, that's how I'm going to introduce myself. And that's why now I go by Lex, the most abbreviated possible version of my first name. Yeah. Uh, but you, Ruthann, were there. You were there for all of it. I, I've been there since the beginning. I was there when you were named Tom. I it was weird. It was super weird. It was super weird <laughs> when the only photo you could find of me online was of me looking at the camera waving in like, was I in a classroom? I yeah, don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Where did I go? Where did I go? I mean, you just... Where did you come from? <laughs> I don't know. Do Ask it, Cotton Eye it. Joe. But... Thank you. You're welcome. But anyway, so... Sometimes the lowest hanging fruit's the sweetest. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's just all that, all that dirt. So all ripe. That, all that dirt. Ooh, it's, it's so ripe. Why, why is it sticky? It's because <laughs> so, people are uh, stepping on it. Yeah, but mm. it, look, it, I can reach it. I can sure reach it. Hell yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you are... I'll trip over that bar, but I'll do it. <laughs> so you're one of the only people that I am still in touch with at all that uses that syllable on the front of my name so every time i hear it i'm a little bit thrown because it's so it's now it's been so long since that's been a regular thing yeah it's uh it was funny when you first changed oh god i feel like such a tool saying this when you first changed your name on facebook i think i immediately text you go what the fuck bro yeah who is this <laughs> who is this who are you what like, are you I took doing solid 30 seconds. <laughs> but my but my feeling about it was right. Like, A, it's not like I picked it. I wasn't suddenly like, you will all call me Lex now. Uh, other people <laughs> other people sort of ascribed it to me, which made it feel less bullshitty and pretentious. And also, it's not like it's a name I pulled out of my ass. It is actually my name. So I don't feel... It's the ass of your name. It is the ass of my... So you're fine. It's, no, it's in the middle. It's more like it's more like the I, stomach well, area. It's more like the know. torso of my name. Anyway, Asses are so in the middle a, as well. You, if you really think well, about it. Well, your bowels are in your torso, but like right. the ass itself is further. So, it's in the bottom half. It, yeah, but it depends. Well, what, it depends on where you're. <laughs> no, it, it's about where your butt is and what the middle of your body is. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's where you fold. So it's where your butt is. It's your centerfold. Anyways, um, what we do on this my podcast. My butt runs cold. My butt is, in fact, a centerfold. Uh, yeah, if, if you've been listening this long, I guess you know what we do on this podcast. <laughs> um, but what we do here. If this is, is your first time, we are so sorry. Um, Skip me. Skip me in the title. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm not offended. Oh, man. Um, All right. What do we do? We. Uh, <sighs> We introduce each other to different media, whether it be music, movies, television shows, spoken word, comic books, and things that we love and that have built us as people and continue to build us as people. And we introduce it to each other and we introduce it to you, hoping that it builds you up as people and animals if you're a dog listening to this podcast. And we're the retrospective that is introspective. I like that we've expanded our target demographic Ooh, to dogs. Hell yeah. But not cats. Fuck them. I think hey. dogs should all have iPads. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> I don't care who knows. <laughs> um, all right. So, so, uh, uh, Ruthann, we, we asked you what, what thing, what thing that is of great significance to you, uh, do you want to mm -hmm. share with us and by extension, the world? And, and oh, you said, oof. you said what? Well, I said I wanted to keep it light, so I immediately did religion, politics, and race with Neil Gaiman's American Gods, yeah. the novel and TV show. Yeah, so uh, I guess very broadly, 
uh, I want to know why that's that's the thing. Like that's that's where you went right away because you did like right away. You went you went gaming, and then very specifically, immediately when I asked you, you said American Gods. So I guess very broadly, mm-hmm. I want to know the why, and then I would love to really quick do like a kind of a super fast how we found this story. Both maybe both mm-hmm. the show and the book. I, Tara, you've read the book, right? I haven't read the book. You haven't but I read the book. The show. Okay, mm-hmm. so then I want to get. Yeah, like lightning sort of perspectives about like okay. our first like what the shit is this moment with this that. particular work, and then maybe we jump into it a little bit a little bit more gratuitously. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! I'm sure you have many questions if you have not read the book. Yes, so, I do. Uh, cool. Good. All right. See, so this is so, so this is actually really interesting. So I feel like w- there's a there's a there's a scale here of of experience with this material. Mm-hmm. All right, go. <laughs> Oh, oh God. Okay. So the reason I picked American Gods, and actually at first I was considering Lovecraft, but uh, that is H.P. Lovecraft. Man, you need a couple of dissertations and, and uh, you know PhD level weirdos that are kind of racist in order to get H.P. Lovecraft really going. So um, I don't know if you need the dissertations to be racist. <laughs> no, you don't. Of course you do. Every but, racist has yes, read right. H.P. Lovecraft. Terrible. Uh, dissertation. And horrifically sexist. I will, that, oh, anyway. I will say, right, like you could, we could do a handful of Lovecraft stories that I think, I think you could just talk about them as pieces of horror text uh, without, without <laughs> getting into how problematic the dude was himself. But yeah. Oh, well, mm, but yeah, no, you're right. But anyway, so the re- okay, I'll get into the genuine reason why I picked American Gods. So a little bit of this is actually rewinding back to around the time you and I met, Alex. Uh, fuck, Lex, it's gonna be weird. So that's all right. I, we contextualized it. Run wild. So the book, <laughs> so the book was written in 2000, uh, 2001, uh, published in two thousand two, and we started high school in oh uh, three. I think I was the and tail end of oh three, and. Uh, one of I've always been into things like Lovecraft, these sort of new weird genre fantasy kind of you could even kind of classify this as urban Americana, despite the fact most of this is a road trip story in a lot of ways. Uh, but so I've always had that sense of weird, that sense of like bizarre outcast. And when you're in high school, everybody's like, oh, nobody knows me at all. But <laughs> that bullshit. Right. But, uh, I had been a big fan of comic books, and this and Sandman was a huge one. Another one of Gaiman's really wonderful um, situations. We could do a whole nother episode on the uh, Sandman comic book series. Yeah, and Sandman was Sandman was happening around the same time as Dark Knight Returns, which we talked about on our last episode, and yes. also around the same time as you know, like uh, Watchmen. A lot of very influential books as far as uh, uh, getting comic books as a medium taken more seriously as literature. Exactly. And Sandman had a big uh, part of that as well. So I have one of my very best friends knew that I loved the Sandman and he handed me this book and said, you need to read this all. What is it like 450 pages of it? Yeah, there's a lot of Sandman. Uh, this is his this is his magnum opus. It really like it will define it. And I'm like, all right. A lot of people say stuff like that. And then once we got into the sort of the first couple of pages are uh vagina devouring monster lady i'm like okay maybe this could be interesting (laughs) um no the real reason is the whole breadth of it is much more subtle than the show and there are times when you're turning pages and you're reading and all of a sudden you're like oh how did i not 
fuck, how did I not see that? Right. So it was a book, one of the first books in a while that after having just read kind of some really repetitive, if you read a lot of fantasy, it kind of just all turns into Game of Thrones, to be honest. Yeah, like I tried oh, to, around that time, I, tried, I was like borrowing novels from you. I was borrowing <clears throat> novels occasionally from other friends of mine. And a lot of people were recommending uh, fantasy titles to me, either like high fantasy or mm. fantasy, like fantasy light, like, uh, or, or like, you know, stuff like Dresden Files, stuff like that. Stuff that yeah. like I didn't dislike, but I, I experienced the same thing. It's like you read five of them and then you take a step back and you go oh i think i just read maybe two books yeah i kind of called that bizarro burnout it was weird for the sake of weird it stopped really being um having a substance after a while not to say i really do love the dresden files yeah, i don't mean I to pick on that fun, i had a lot of fun reading that i don't mean to pick on that specifically i used it more as a, more to indicate like a type of subgenre that i don't necessarily know the name for I mean, mm-hmm. as someone who hasn't read them, I'm going to take your feedback to say that they're garbage. No, they're garbage. You're saying you're saying no one <laughs> no. should read them. Everyone should nope. miss out on them because no. they are uh, mm-hmm. they should be burned. Yep. No, that's don't exactly wait. what you're don't, saying. No, yeah. yep. no, my at words. They're Lex twisted on now. Yeah, I'm going yes, to send about this all directly. Your, all your book burning concerns. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, but to to end my ramble as to why I picked this is. After being burned out so aggressively, having been handed this book by somebody that I, whose opinion I trusted very well, uh, it floored me. And it really, I think I read it at the exact right time uh, because it's what I really want to get into later is kind of the, this book and the show, what you're missing out on isn't the book, isn't the show, it's the, it's the bridge between the two. And that's what I really feel like is a lot of people are like the book was better the show was better the book was better well actually it's the subtleties between 16 years of difference and gaiman pretty much rewriting pieces that he wanted to update but is this really his story to tell in a lot of ways uh so uh, i think it became bigger than itself like a lot of literature or media does and uh it basically it permeated my tastes for up to now i literally you said it yourself i immediately went to american gods after lovecraft <laughs> so anyway I mean, that's my take i mean you had me at vagina devouring monster lady <laughs> yeah i'm sure there'll be some questions about um giant buffaloes with flaming eyes and ian mcshane voice <laughs> um you know uh, things like that but given your level of of passion for it it does feel appropriate to me that i was actually introduced to american gods by you i borrowed <laughs> your copy of it almost immediately after i moved to massachusetts i was also uh, it's worth mentioning, I suppose. I, I lived at your house for a long time when oh, I was six living. Six years, I think. For, for a long time, I, I got to be real, <laughs> real chummy with your whole family. Uh, yeah, you're, you're my brother. That's I know. They still consider you your, or, you know, a son oh, in my family. I it's know. Fine. I love your family. Your family's the best. Uh, but as as We're such, weird. I was I was like across the hall from your room and your bookshelf at all times. Mm-hmm. So so as I mentioned earlier, I'd borrow stuff from you periodically, and this was one almost immediately after I moved there you were like, you got to read this. I think you're going to love this. And I remember, I remember reading it and I remember the experience of reading it. And it's exactly what you described. It felt so different and so massive and so subtle and so intricately layered. And it had so many of those moments that you referred to where you'll get to something uh, in the back half of the book, this reveal that mm-hmm. he set up so crazy efficiently earlier yep. in the story that it is it's that ex- that's that moment of holy shit it was right in front of my face and i didn't 
put this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many moments like that. And I, I, but I remember because it was so long ago, I remember the, the feeling of reading the book and, and really like the broad strokes of the thing more than I remember too much in specific detail. Understandable. I, right. But I, enough, I've retained enough of it so that when I come to the show, I'm not quite as lost as I think a lot of people, the, the only people that I've talked to, uh, about the show that haven't read the book are uh, our friend uh, Jay, who's done the show with us, and uh, now just reading Tari's reactions, uh, Tari, and Hi. and both yeah, seem seem moderately confused about the content of the show. Broadly speaking, perhaps. Uh, um, uh, I mean, most of my questions, I guess, are in terms of how things are portrayed in the book versus how they are. Uh, I guess executed in the show. Uh-huh. I think the, sh- I think the show, in and of itself, is really interesting. I imagine, I like the concept having come from Neil Gaiman, very interesting. But and also um, too, Brian Fuller being the guy to run the thing, at least for its first season. Unfortunately, he has yeah. since departed. The dude just does not seem to want to hold a job down lately. Uh, he was on Star Trek Discovery and then mm-hmm. left. He was yeah. on. He was just He's, recently attached to, a, I think, uh, an adaptation of Interview with a Vampire, like as a uh, series. And actually, right. Anne Rice's like first eleven novels. He's oh, attached dang. to. Yeah, but apparently, apparently, or something. But apparently, he's no longer attached to that either. Jesus uh, Christ! I looked it up right. on Twitter before we fucking talked. Oh, about... then I could be I could be mistaken. I thought I <laughs> no, saw something I the other day right. about. Okay, so so, <laughs> but it's but I I became a massive massive fan of Brian Fuller's. He did uh, Pushing Daisies, I think. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did Pushing uh, Daisies and, and Hannibal. Hannibal. Right, Hannibal is where I really I'd seen Pushing Daisies and I liked it, but Hannibal was when I really became uh, full on. What are they called? Uh, fanables. Full on <laughs> Fanable on this side of the table. Is actually what the that fandom calls, like a calls themselves. Furry nickname. Why would you say yeah. that? Fanable. Um, <laughs> but uh, I felt I fell completely in love with that show and what that team brought to the story, both in terms of the the craft of their storytelling, but also the aesthetic presentation of the show. Especially by the time you get into the third season, it is one of the most staggeringly gorgeous pieces of television you will ever see, and it looks better than a great many films as well uh you know feature films that you would go see in a movie theater yeah and the way mm-hmm. they handle this bare, this dark this pitch black material uh the way that they it, they let it creep into your soul and they don't shy away from how truly ugly and twisted it is but spin it in such a way that there's great beauty in it as well you shouldn't have you shouldn't have as much sympathy for the main character as you do so when i heard brian fuller was going to be the dude to adapt this series i was in the bag for it day one and I think you see mm. so many of the same sensibilities because it is a lot of the same team mm-hmm. you see so so much of that sensibility they brought to Hannibal in this first season in terms of uh like Tari what you were saying like execution and depiction and although uh Brian Fuller and his team on Hannibal they were subtle in the way they were layering elements of their story not necessarily as subtle in the way they depict say uh horrific acts of violence for example right and that goes for American Gods as well but that makes me wonder Tari uh, as somebody who hasn't read the book what was your take on the in- uh, just in general like I'm very curious yeah for real um so in general I, I think that on my so I, I watched it when it uh just after it originally uh premiered and then i watched it 
yesterday. So I watched all eight episodes yesterday just to refresh. Dang. Okay. Um, I, I caught up on like, I watched the whole season and then I rewatched the first handful of them just as a refresher. Right. Um, and I think that on first viewing, I was pretty meh about it. And on second viewing, I think I could settle in a little bit more into mm-hmm. what it was trying to get across. I think that something that kind of soured my first viewing is I don't like unnecessary mysteries. Um, and so, okay. so this idea of them being like, but who is Mr. Wednesday? Uh. Who is he? <laughs> um, and, and you're like, he's Odin. Just, <laughs> just get over. It. He's Odin, right? Wednesday, yeah. Woden, w- w- Woden's day, Wednesday. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's Odin. Just, just move on. <laughs> I Look, will say, liter- he, he literally says it. He says it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, to, to be, to be fair, maybe, maybe like there are people who don't know the Odin Wednesday <laughs> thing, and that, I mean, like I'm with you. Don't get. Me, I also read the book, so I knew the shit going in. But I, yep. yes, that I think I could have pieced together as well. But maybe, maybe. I mean, so, I just... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, please, please. I want to hear more. Um, so I just... I think that that uh, was a, a piece that was a little distracting in my first um, viewing just because I just wanted them to... I didn't want to have to focus on that. Um, and they don't too much. But, like, other than that piece, um, just the way that all... The way that essentially the main character is uh, is almost incidental in this whole uh, war aspect is really interesting. And I think on the first viewing, I was just like, what is, why, what is he, why is he, why do they need him? Because his whole purpose is to just like react to things. And then by the end, you're like, oh, he's like a belief battery. He's just like, he's there to, to keep them alive by believing in what they're doing. Um, That's very interesting that you can see that. That's, that's really interesting to me. Oh yeah. From various parts of the book. That's kind of, his name is Sh- the, the main character's name is Shadow. I mean, you can apply that to so many ways, including him literally being foreshadowing. Right. So, I weird, weird parents, man. <laughs> weird parents that are actually. Uh, this is one of the things in the show that slaps you in the face rather than in the book. It's ambiguous. You don't actually know his his race or his mother in the book. It's just uh, there's a big reveal about his father later on, but nothing else so uh there's an element of him being the conduit for the audience as any book written like this would be but uh he his sort of slow um belief battery as you call it it's it makes me upset that they stopped the show at eight episodes when they were considering 10 because they're Initially, there was a talk this was just going to be a miniseries, which mm-hmm. would have made infinitely more sense to me. Uh, but now that they're pushing it into multiple seasons, there's a lot of reveal that would make a lot more sense coming up because it got renewed for season two, two weeks into filming season one. Yeah, uh, right. That will make you go, oh, okay, that's why he's a bland motherfucker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Things like it- that. It's interesting too. They're talking about the changes or the the variations in presentation between what's in the novel and what's in the show. It took me a little while to adjust to shadow on the show. I think Ricky Whittle mm-hmm. does a really great job with the material. Oh yeah. But but you don't get to be inside his head the way you do in the book. So it does seem like like Tari for a while, like you were saying, it does feel a little bit like why is this guy even 
here, except for there to be a quote unquote normie at the center of this story. Right. But you don't get any of the inner life. I feel like for the most part you have to, or I felt like I had to sort of project myself onto shadow for the first few episodes of the show in a way that you don't, you don't have to. But of course that's the difference between the two mediums. You could have done a whole bunch of really like uh, gratuitous voiceover if you wanted mm-hmm. to, but that's lazy and it's boring. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it took me a while to make the shift in my brain because I remembered the feeling of inhabiting shadow as you read the story mm-hmm. and really experiencing everything through his personal POV and his personal prism. Right. And you don't necessarily get that in the show because you exist outside of everybody, including shadow. Yeah. And so like I, and I totally get that. And I, I think that they, they sought to keep that like, new person in a new environment aspect while also just having him surrounded by crazy things. But then it became like an additional mystery. And you guys know how I feel about mysteries. I, every time Um, you say this, I get this mental image of you standing in the middle of your apartment yelling, where are my car keys? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, really, really broadly, by the way, if you're listening to this show and you're hearing us talk about specifics and you're like, I have no idea what, the general thing is that they're that they're talking about would you would you guys say like very broadly speaking or or ruthann you could maybe Mm. speak to this having a far more uh intricate memory of both the movie and the show movie show and the book than i do Mm -hmm. uh very in the broadest possible terms right this is a story about uh essentially a war between the old gods and the new gods yeah i can give so the basic summary of this is a uh, our, lead, our, our lead man, Shadow Moon, uh, is re- it starts off the novel with his uh, release. Well, not quite. We can get to that in a minute. His release from prison, uh, and it's, he's released early because of the death of his wife. That's literally page four. I don't know how spoilers go in this show that well, but anyway. Um, so uh, we're usually bro- we're pretty we're pretty spoiler friendly. We just we usually warn people, but mm-hmm. it's spoiled. I mean, that's literally, I mean, it's also it's like your five yeah, minutes that's, that's into the That's part of the inciting incident, yeah. basically. So inciting incidents are definitely fair game. Right. right. Well, there's certain things that I actually, Tari, if you're, if you get interested, I don't want to ruin for you. But anyway, let me go back to this real, uh, this summary for you. So he gets out of jail. He bump he, by happenstance of the universe, bumps into a man named Mr. Wednesday who hires him as his right-hand man to drive across the country and gather the old gods, the ones of, of yesteryear, you know, Ostera, Easter, uh, you have, uh, you know, gods of war, of all different religions too, not just Greek or Roman mythology. You have Hindu, you have Native American, you have the, basically this is the story of, of the melting pot of Americana through those eyes, and they start this with Mr. Wednesday, the character that recruits him, uh, is fighting, like Alex said, this war uh, with the new gods, the technology we bow to, we bow to this day. I mean, it's you're, you're hunched staring at your phone. One of the characters is called uh, Technical Boy, who, uh-huh. in, which is a big difference between, who, between the show and the book. But again, uh, you know, you have media, you have Mr. World. It's basically the oh, story media, of by the way, who will uh, live who will die in America, the new don't, yeah. the new gods or the old mm-hmm. media, by the way, in the show is Jillian Anderson. And it's oh, this truly, this truly so wonderful good. 
bonkers multifaceted performance and it it uh makes me very sad that apparently she's she also departed with brian fuller yeah sounds like she's not coming back for season two but media because media does change her face so frequently i Uh guess arguably one of the easier characters to recast right and i think that she was she was specifically offered the role by brian fuller they'd worked together on hannibal right and so she was doing a play which I do not remember the name of. I want to say Fiddler on the Roof, but I don't remember. Um, sure, Fiddler on the Roof. And I like it. So um, I think Neil Gaiman went to go see her and was like, she's amazing. And the next day she got her offer. Um, so that, I, oh, speaking of things I researched, mm. um, you you mentioned it going from 10 to 8 episodes. Yeah. Um, and that is specifically because... Um, it w- they, they had all 10 episodes mapped out and they got to episode three and four and did not like where it was going. So they decided to zip those two episodes together. Um, and they decided to make, so the original, the season finale that we got, um, was originally supposed to be the, the cliffhanger of the penultimate episode. And then whatever was supposed to happen in the mm-hmm. original season finale, I guess was kind of sprinkled throughout. So I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. what the original season finale was supposed to be. Um, but ultimately they decided around episode four or five, what they wanted, what, what the show itself wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And then uh, basically changed their whole plan from that point on. Um, and so that's why it, it uh, skipped down from to eight episodes is because they started zipping episodes together and taking pieces from later parts and that putting them sense. in earlier parts. Yeah, they do spend a lot of time on specific characters that they don't in the book. We do get long stories about really interesting um, the mythos around. uh, We start with the mythos around the gods, and then we get to the stories about the gods themselves. And uh, they do spend a lot of time, and I think this makes sense from what you said, Tari, uh, on Laura Moon, uh, the wife Mm -hmm. of, uh, of Shadow, who is brought back to life by a magical leprechaun coin listen things sound weird when you're not reading it um (laughs) but they spend an entire episode on her that they do not spend for lack of episode well for lack of better term in the book they don't spend as many chapters on her so combining i think those episodes because i believe the lore moon episode is early please i think it's i think it's four i want to say i think at the end of three she shows up in his motel room Mm -hmm. and four is the one that kind of tracks her yeah um, and not and and not to derail, uh, but uh, she is killed in a car accident while cheating on Shadow with uh, Dane Cook, right, and apparently <laughs> and apparently like bites his dick off completely as they die. <laughs> yep. So there's that. So depending on your your feelings about uh, Dane Cook, that's uh, either a, a yay or a nay. You don't get to see <laughs> the dick or, but... or a whatever. You do get though a pretty in the is it's in the pilot or the second episode he's scrolling through the text messages and you oh, get a yes. big i assume it's not i assume it's a it's a cock double but uh, <laughs> uh, sub, sub meant to be the uh, erect giant penis of dane cook's character and you just get a full shot of it i oh, mean yeah. there's right up top it's just look there's dicks in this program look at it thanks mm-hmm. stars Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because like uh hbo was getting a lot of guff Yep. For, uh, for not showing dongs in uh, in Game of Thrones. And so Stars was like, you know what? We're going to give you all the dongs. <laughs> Isn't it as weird? As many like, dongs as you can could get. You, can you imagine, dongs, like, kid? 
Like in the 1950s, if you told families that one day audiences would be demanding more dicks on television. Honey, as a bisexual woman on Tinder and Bumble and all that bullshit, the amount of dicks I have in a day, I could wallpaper it like I'm trying to solve the Kennedy assassination. Like, uh, it's, it's like you've, you've, we've reached peak dick in media. I'm oversaturated by dick. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> Dick stock's going down, guys. We flooded the market. Sell, sell all the dicks. Sell it. That sounds like the weirdest porn ever made by, like, the Harvard Lampoon. Also, every every penis... No, I'm still on penis. Every penis is so large in this show. Yeah. Um, it's, like, troublesome. Hey, I believe uh, Ricky Whittle's penis is that big, though. Just, I'm going to put it out there. I mean, He's a probably. very attractive human. Yeah. And but you also like uh, the Jin's penis, so big, so <laughs> weird. Right. I don't know if that one could um, be a cock double though. <laughs> it was pretty obviously attached, though CGI oh, is pretty course. advanced. But also too is he? You know he's the Jin, right? He's not like a he's not just a mere mortal. He's has he's got that that Jin dick. Yeah, and if, yeah. If you're a god and have the ability to make your dick bigger, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? That um, shit would be bigger than me. <laughs> That's true. Just a wheelbarrow. I wouldn't be phase. able to get in and out of my car. It would be. I'd have to check it for flights. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would put a hat on it and bring it as a plus one to shit. You have to get that passenger seat thing on Southwest. Oh jeez. I'm sorry, Tari. We keep being stupid. Whatever you say. Oh, no, it's fine. Actually, I, since we are since we are talking about genitals, um, <laughs> I wanted to run run a few. Uh, so the the sex goddess, Bilquis. Uh, Bilquis. Uh-huh. Um, she has basically like a, a whole universe in her vagina. The, yeah, this must be quite a bit to to try and wrap your head around if you've not read the source material. Um, I mean, yeah. just at first, like not not in yeah. terms of understanding what's going on, more in terms of understanding why it's going on. Like, why <laughs> why is this on television? I, I will before you answer that. I saw, I watched the. I was very excited to see this. The friend that gave me the book and I watched the first episode together with his girlfriend, and that scene is like scene number two. And we got to the commercial yeah. break, and there was a beat of silence, and she just went, "What." <laughs> and we're like yeah shit anyway sorry go ahead what yeah, she's, also, she's like it's i brought my uh, kids to this it's also uh joel murray that she eats with her vagina uh, br- uh brother of bill oh, oh I didn't i'm know sure that. he's very proud he might like legitimately he might be very proud there there you go um so i wanted to run a few names like of I, I thought of a few different names to call that that universe inside of vagina. Great, so, love it. Uh, I thought I'd thought I'd run them by you guys. Um, the first one, very tame, the galaxy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it's uh, a gal, it's a right. lady, yeah. and there's a vagina universe. Got I it. like right. it. Um, the next one being Puniverse. Oh, that's grosser. A definitely contender. grosser. Definitely, yeah. definitely more, even more straightforward. Right. I love it. Yeah. Um, socket dimension, socket dimension, the most oh, fun it's... so far. <laughs> I guess it's it's still even grosser somehow, but, but the most fun, I think. Um, I mean, without changing one... it, I'm pretty sure we could just call it the Milky Way. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'll see myself out of but my own also, home. I love it. But that also, was... that's trademarked now, <laughs> and it's going on t-shirts. Oh uh, yeah, it's got that got that caramel goodness. <laughs> 
Ew. <laughs> so what's your next one, Tari? Oh, uh, I yeah, mean, it's not, it's not better than Milky Way, but the last one was uh, Labula. <laughs> Labula? Oh, I like that. <laughs> Uh, labula. <laughs> yep. That's his <laughs> daughter of Thanos. Ah, uh, yeah. Labula. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gross. Ah, uh, jeez. Hey, so every so often, you guys say some nice stuff to us on social media. We love it when you like, subscribe, rate us, but we also love it even more when you take the time to comment and say nice stuff. And we want to express our appreciation by shouting you out on the show. And and giving you giving you giving you a little moment giving you a little moment that's all about you even though it's mostly about us. Uh, Tari, somebody said something nice, yeah. Yeah, we got a review on iTunes from Dave R two two three. It says sweet sweet reviews five stars, and they said almost done listening to the MCE recaps, and I'm loving it. I have to see what else I'm missing out on. Happy face, thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, and that's our review, and it's it's so sweet. That is a sweet, sweet review. That does seem very positive. It is, especially the happy face and the two thumbs up, um, which I guess I probably should have said two thumbs up instead of thumbs up, thumbs up. But still, that's that's total commitment, right? Like one thumbs up, it's like yeah, yeah, I'm for it, I'm for it, but I'm not like I'm not fully in the bag. It's right. like a potato sack; it comes up to my to my waist. But two thumbs, you're you've just folded yourself over at at the butt, uh-huh. and and you're just inside the bag now entirely. Hell yeah, that's full. That's 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 Siskel and Ebert. Ooh, damn! Two thumbs up. Sweet, sweet reviews. Five stars. But but seriously, uh, thank you. That it it always it really does mean a lot. Right, like it means a lot that you guys are listening. That it means something to you, and and so much so that you're willing to say something nice back. So thank you, sincerely. Yes, thank you, Dave R two two three, and thank you for any future reviews. Thank you for listening, everyone. And now back to the show. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> um. What was I going to? I was, there was there was another. I'm just. I can't even. Um, so you were talking about how Technology Kid is different in the book, and I imagine, yeah. especially since technology itself has changed so much since 2001. From, yeah, since 2001. I mean, you would have had to have updated that. Like, what was he like in the book, though? So it's actually it's. It was a really big difference because when you go from the book, he's basically like a trench coat wearing like basement dweller, the cliche you would think of. Um, almost think men's rights activist like that. Oh, don't at me. That sort of thing. Um, but now <laughs> he's it. almost so he's like he's like if 4chan were a person. Yes, he's 4chan the person. And now you yeah. have this sort of Instagram celebrity with no celebrity character who looks a little like justin bieber yeah he has the bieber hair he has sort of that vape pen vibe to him uh it's but yeah technology back in the day while what's interesting is that his motives haven't changed they've just become more intense they're the same thing it's the i want you at i want you literally bowing your head down to a screen um Mm-hmm. You know, in that religious symbolism of everything, this book and show is is shoved its fist right up your ass of symbolism, and it is not stopping. Uh, but yeah, so in the book, he's very much the first gen Silicon Valley, and now it's 
hey, Google, we, we have a bowling alley. That's <laughs> kind of where we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. S- okay. <laughs> the bowling alley. Um, uh, I like it. I also really, the one of the ones that didn't change much, and I love it, uh, Mr. World, Crispin Glover, oh, he does an amazing job. He's, uh, I really, I love when people throw him in really high profile roles that lean so heavily into his particular weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, it's weird because he's, he's like a, a main credited character. And he only doesn't show he's up to two what? scenes. Um, he's in episode five, I think it's not I believe. five, right? Lem- uh, Lemon Scented You is number they're five. They're in the yeah. police station. Right. Um, so there's that one, and then his face appears in the season finale. Right. Um, but other than that, he's mostly just like spoken of. Mm. Um, is is that is he? I imagine he's a lot more prominent um, in the book. Uh, but my my question is: so they, the new gods, mostly want to fold in the old gods into their their like. I guess you could say merchandising a platform or, or not even platform, but their model mm-hmm. where they essentially try to modernize the way that people worship them. Um, and then they have Odin who's like, nah, man, old ways, oh, the best way. Huzzah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I mean, is I assume it, the motivations are the same in the book, but like, I, I almost, don't agree with Odin. Well, actually, like, that's a very good observation and point because uh, it's not the same in the book. Uh, they are actively fighting uh, rather than a merger, as you ca- you were sort of calling it, and I believe they call it at a certain point. They don't want the old gods anymore. And the reason Odin... And this is where it comes into the point where, uh, I don't know, Tari, if you want me to kind of go into what I assume will be happening next season based off of the book, but I could also be wrong. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I would like to well, know. Well, there's... I want to know. Okay. I hate mysteries. The, yeah, you hate mysteries. <laughs> Where are my car keys? Angela Lansbury's a cut. Whoa. Where did I park? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this for Odin is a long con. And you get that, but it's an even longer con than you realize, um, as an, as a viewer, because it is beyond just... Uh, getting worshipped again and being brought back to life it's a straight up con for chaos to get all these gods gone and it's just him I think one of the big reveals in the book um, Alex I think you can attest to this as well that would I don't know how they're going to translate this to television because it's it's a moment where my friend watched me read the page it happened on for me to go are you kidding me his cellmate is named yep yep low key lie smith yeah. right it's spelled l-o-w space k-e-y yes. he's loki the trickster god of course he is of, of course. course and of course he is <laughs> yes but th- i had that same moment reading yep. the book where i went i literally i think when i got to that page i, st- I flipped back you busted to in earlier my bedroom in the and yelled at me <laughs> I was literally like, 
what the fuck? How could you not tell me this? What the fuck is happening? Um, it, yeah, it was the moment of we all had to feel it. Your turn was now. Like, it was bad. And it was more, it was, right, it was more, it mm. wasn't I can't believe so, this turned out to be this. It was I truly cannot believe. Yeah. I, I like to think of myself as a moderately intelligent person. <clears throat> I cannot fucking believe I did not yep. piece this together before <laughs> now. Because they let they leave just enough space for you to kind of forget yep. about it entirely. Right. And so anyway, so that it, it becomes a two-man con as um, everybody is implying with Shadow and and Odin, Mr. Wednesday, but Shadow's not the second man in the con. It's Loki. Right. And he's going to you see him for a few minutes in the first season, the very first episode. And uh, that's why he's still billed for next season, I, I believe, is because he's gonna find he's gonna come back because the penultimate episode that they sh that I believe would have happened would be uh, involving that because when right. shadow takes his oath of the shots of mead uh in the bar at the beginning uh, it's an oath to mourn and to honor him and uh, loki's a very big part of that okay i mean and they kind of get into that a little bit in the season finale and that you find out that and this is spoilers for the show if you haven't watched it um i don't know do something about <laughs> it um but in the show like when you're when you're hanging out with laura and mad sweeney mm -hmm. um and you find out that basically uh laura's death was a setup and uh and moon's capture not capture but i guess his imprisonment was also a setup by mm -hmm. odin um then you realize that Odin's been playing Shadow Moon since the beginning. And then there's also that see that scene where like uh Loki is in the airport walking slowly right before uh you get the flashback of him telling Shadow Moon to stay calm in the airport. Yep, because he wants him on that so, plane. Like, all Right, exactly. This also the actor that plays Loki is uh Jonathan Tucker, who he's always he's better than almost anybody I can think of that's working right now does this incredible like subtle sinister thing where even if he's your buddy you look at his eyes and it's like at any moment this dude could just flip on me and gnaw my my fucking throat out with his and teeth <laughs> and he he gets to he gets to be so like sinister and weird in in shows like this and in show, he he did a uh short stint on Hannibal so he's worked with Fuller before he uh, I just recently watched all of Justified and in the final season he's uh, a big recurring character and he gets to really lean into the weirdness that he that he can embody so well so I love this I love this dude's work so I'm glad that he's presumably coming back yeah well and that's the perfect bit for Loki he's supposed to be the one can you trust can't you trust he's the epitome of chaotic evil uh, for my other nerd D&D people here um, I gotcha it's also oh, great you do? That, like, are you a D&D person yeah. shut up Alex what hell yeah <laughs> yeah um, okay Lex is Lex is tuned out oh, I'm just um, I'm just over here watching Fraser on my phone you guys uh, get, get out of here with Fraser um, I <laughs> what why are you like this <laughs> I don't I don't understand the words you're saying, but I understand Kelsey Grammer on this program. Uh, Tari, he's such uh, a chaotic neutral bard. Like really? Uh dude, I know. Yeah. Is that, what does I mean, that mean? Is that 
Is that bad? What is that? Did I it's break it? Different. What happened? You can make fun of people to death. <laughs> oh, all right. That's, yeah. that's on brand. Actually, Tari, please, him please, please get mockery. him playing D&D. That should be an This is something we've talked about. That's my dream. I don't know when this is happening, but it is something that's apparently happening. Yeah, we got, we got to schedule it out with our buddy who's a DM. Oh, good. Um, but it's going to be pretty dope. Um, if you haven't so, li- if you haven't listened to the Adventure Zone, please go listen to the Balance Arc of Adventure Zone. Right. Yeah, we talked about it for like a missing out Monday at one point, um, just because like I got super obsessed with it and it's phenomenal. Oh, um, I, I cried. Yeah. It starts off with goofy motherfuckers and and then you're crying. I'm like, why am I crying at a D and D podcast? <laughs> I know. That's what I was I was telling my friend earlier this week that like it starts out with them just doing dick riffs mm-hmm. and then at a certain point um like especially i think it's at um 11th hours yep. when everything makes a shift to being like oh fuck this is like a serious thing oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. um yeah it's so good and um, the new arc alex also um it's basically if twin peaks and gravity falls were in an x-files and supernatural format Oh yeah, it's it's pretty good too. Yeah. All right, but start with yeah. the other one. All right, so you can love them first. Those are yeah. things I like. Anyway, I'm sorry we went so far off the rails. I apologize. Oh no, it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna just do. I'm just gonna jump into the next thing. I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned uh, Mad Sweeney yes. and Laura and the, these two characters. I love together, but uh, as individuals, I like Mad Sweeney and I hate Laura. Yeah, I hate her so much. And so, but, but for, why? Like, what? What is your what? Is, what is the the justification for your hatred? <laughs> um, she, as a character, is the worst. Like, she's emotionally manipulative. She's also super self destructive. And like this guy who loves her, um, is basically at the the mercy of her boredom with life. Mm. Um, and like before they met, she was already pretty self-destructive and so but like the fact that he is trying to give his all to her and she's just like ugh, you're not enough let's 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 do dangerous stuff just so i can keep escalating i need to feel (laughs) is like a, a it's it it is painful to watch in that like i i can't i can't i just it's it it hurts it hurts me to watch her exist and 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 like try to feel without like doing the right things to to accomplish that i will agree with you uh that being the nitpicky nerd that i am um when i watched it uh laura i while she um is a phenomenal actress uh what am i oh emily browning that's it uh i think she did a great job as doing the duel between essie and laura um essie is a character from mad sweeney's past that comes up in the story Mm -hmm. uh but I agree with you. I didn't really like the interpretation of Laura and she is much, much, much less prevalent in the novel. Um, yeah. It's almost like she's an impetus for him to kind of basically, I, again, it's another tool that uh, Odin uses to manipulate him rather than her being as manipulative, if that makes sense. Right. So it kind of puts this on her that I completely get that, that she was not, a, she's not a likable character, but their interactions between her and Matt Sweeney are, very very unique and i something i haven't seen at a lot of places but i agree yeah i mean i like their their dynamic especially because he is basically like an immortal being and her being this like zombie with superpowers they play off off of each other really well like uh what's his what is 
This this is the guy's name. Um, something Shriver. Liv Shriver. Liv Shriver's brother. Um, uh, who is also like I first I first became familiar with this dude uh, from The Wire. He was Nick Sabatka in the second season, and then I think a lot of people probably know him better as uh, uh, Porn Stash yep. on Orange Is the New Black. Ah. Yeah, he's not he's not um, an Irishman or an Englishman doing an he's an American doing an accent, which was very I thought was very impressive. Right. I didn't realize that at first. I genuinely <laughs> didn't, but I'm bad with that. <laughs> um. I mean, I heard it. I, I'm yeah. me being the uh, resident expert at accents. Uh, you are. You're you the know. you're the dialect guy. Hell yeah. Uh, the J in Tari J stands for just ask me about dialects. <laughs> it's true. It's all hyphenated. <laughs> it's really <laughs> terrible at airports and the DMV. Oh uh, yes, it's really it's the worst. Um, <laughs> they had to elongate my driver's license to fit the name, and it can't go in my wallet. <laughs> yes, it's true. It doesn't fold well in the middle. It has no butts. <laughs> oh, look at that! Look at that callback. Hell yeah! Like gross, gross come. callback. <laughs> nope. Now that ha- that whole thing nope, has, to, has stay to stay in. It all has that's, to stay. That's now. what it is. Um. Anyways. Um. Uh. But so, like, talking about Laura. I, it, I also don't necessarily, I don't know how I feel about this show's treatment of ladies. Mm. Um, cause all, every lady at like, with the exception of media, um, they done got to get fucked at some point to every, every lady has got to have some gratuitous gross sex. Um, and I don't, I don't think that necessarily is super empowering and, and super like mm-hmm. great. It's you don't. Yeah. I, I, you don't see a lot of empowering of the women until uh, there's not a lot of it to begin with, but you get a little bit of with, um, Ostara, uh, Easter. And when they start saying everyone needs a queen, uh, this is another thing that it left a lot of people who, who haven't read the book, uh, Mm -hmm. in the dark because some of the pin, one of the big pinnacles of this, um, this coming war are, the uh is easter and it's very subtle um because easter is not met in the book at a big lavish party she's met at a coffee shop and it's very subtle and they ask the waitress have you heard uh, you know what what are you what do you know of um you know the holiday easter and the waitress says i don't know much about i don't know anything about that i'm pagan and it shows how little she's known again anymore as a goddess and um so i there is definitely a sense of how kind of subverted in this world women are but that's kind of where their power can then become a kind of fuck it like bilquis and easter kind of get to the point of fuck it but it is from a point of manipulation on both sides so right take that as you will interesting um i don't know if anybody has other thoughts about that but that's kind of what i'm taking from it on the show yeah no i can i can see that um, I would like to just list out a bunch of things that I really like about the show. Yeah. Ooh, go for um, it. I like, I really liked Anansi, uh, Orlando Jones's character. Oh, so good. Um, he's who, excellent in a way also to me kind of feels like he's doing a Terrence Howard impression, like in the way that he speaks, if you close your eyes and you just listen to him talk, oh. um, there's a very like Terrence Howard feel to it. Um, but also he's just he's he's so captivating it's so good um i i mean it also i'm a little biased because 
I've enjoyed Orlando Jones since he was on Mad TV. I love so, him so much. You're you're not alone. Yeah. He is a, a vastly underrated performer. I feel like we don't talk about Orlando Jones anywhere near as much as we should. Right. And I hope what comes out of this is there is a second book called The Nazi Boys that has him uh, in the book. And if we are going to do another part of this series, God, I would kill for The Nazi Boys just because it would be mostly him and it would be beautiful. Or even even just to, if the show goes long enough, even just to fold in elements of that story into his story on on the American God show. If you're not going to do an entire separate like spinoff sure. show, because yeah. this shit's expensive, I feel like they're more they're more <laughs> likely to fold in elements of that story into this show than make another equally expensive <laughs> show. Right. So what? Okay. Or, so I what mean, else? <laughs> I'm excited. Um, uh, I love this. Anubis. Uh, uh, him. Uh, him and uh, the. Mr. Uh, Ibis, mm. who is, I guess, the Thoth, the Egyptian god of writing and um, wisdom and magic, mm-hmm. uh, their, I guess, friendship or their partnership uh, is really like it's really nice. Them just him just <laughs> being it. like, hey, you want to you want to read a book together? And him being like, well, I got to work a little bit later. And he's like, okay, and he's like, hey. It looks like you got a story. Like, oh, they've been friends for centuries, and it's so cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and and that like and um, Anubis, the like the actor does such a good job of being very like understated. And there's that moment when he's talking to Laura, and he's he's talking about how uh, he's like, you're just another person, and I'll never remember you. It doesn't matter. You you are nothing. Um, oh, so good, so powerful, <laughs> so well done. Um. But he's also really kind. There's like a really, uh, there's like a warmth behind his voice, even though he's supposed to be this cold character of death. Um, so I really, really liked that. Um, he's a welcome. I, he's I, a welcoming specter of death. It's a no nonsense, but no cruelty, and I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also just how relevant the the Vulcan episode was, where uh, it's this small town. Uh, that is just making guns and everyone carries a gun and mm-hmm. they shoot into the air mm-hmm. and it just, it's, I mean, that is a large portion of our, uh, our country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just, uh, there, uh, sorry. Also just for like a quick audience thing. Uh, I, the way the recording is, I can't always hear them. So if I'm interrupting, I apologize. I'm not being crazy. Well, I am crazy, but not being a jerk about it. <laughs> uh, they actually Vulcan isn't, God, I feel like I'm saying well actually to you a lot, and I apologize. That's not how this is meant to sound. Uh, Vulcan it's isn't fine. in the book. Mansplain away. Uh, Vulcan's not in the book. This was part of the uh, what Neil Gaiman is talking about about updating it. Jesus isn't in the book at all. Oh, really? No. Oh, he right. said he wanted to get Jesus in the book, and he could never find an organic reason to put him there uh, in this. And I'm like, you're like, it's a book about hey, myths and fucking gods. Depending on who you ask, Jesus is always there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I went to 14 years of Catholic school. I'm good. I'm fucking good. <laughs> Oh man! I mean, he more than made up for it in the show, though, because you get every rendition of Jesus that ever existed, just kind of hanging out, doing things. That's um, another. Po- that's uh, that's a point of him being like, I wanted to update the story, and I'm taking a medium that you don't take a picture. You, you know, you don't take a bowl of fruit and have a painting of it and a sculpture of it and judge it by the same criteria and that's what he's doing with these mediums is i want to write for a visual aid now and i want to update it for this now and so we get 
the Jesus sitting cross-legged on a pool and dunking a cup into it to drink wine like a drunkard in an amazing, beautiful way. And you get things like Vulcan, which is a commentary on how horrible or the sacrifice to the gods for gun violence is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what do you what do you call a group of Jesuses standing together? Jesai. Jesai? Jesai. Jesuses? Or is it like fish? Golgotha? Is it just wow, look at all those Jesus over there. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. It's like a, a, mur- a murder of Jesus. <laughs> oh, a gaggle, a gaggle of, of Jesus. Jesus. I, think the, I think only the Romans refer to it that that's way. A murder of Jesus. Murder of Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, can I say also that I'm? I was bummed out that uh, Shadow Moon chose the whitest Jesus there. Like yeah. you would have thought he would have been like, "Yo, Black Jesus, what's <clears> up?" A <throat> A. It's that. <laughs> it's that American cultural brainwashing, man. Ah, uh, that. Yeah. He was that. That 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 Jesus was also was like eating mayonnaise sandwiches. He was so white. Uh, yeah, that he was. He turned he turned fish into mayonnaise sandwiches, <laughs> 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 and thus they were fed, but not well. Uh, teach a man to fish, he'll ask you for a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> Except for that one asshole that wants that that whipped shit, and that's gross. <sighs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Miracle, Miracle Whip, Whip. will never sponsor this this podcast because they gross. <laughs> they the grossest. MiracleWhip.com slash missing out. 10% off. <laughs> Please demand that uh, of Miracle Whip. Everybody listening. Yes. <laughs> Please, yeah. Uh, Yo, your your product is trash. Sponsor our show. <laughs> yeah. Everyone buy it, 10% off, and then send us videos of you pouring it down the toilet. <laughs> Can you? It's, we're going to call it the Miracle Whip Challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Miracle Whip would be into it. They were like, as long as they're buying it. Right. It's like, we haven't had this kind of marketing in, in decades. It's not like Tide Pods. The it's only a... risk is heart disease. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hell. Uh, Anyways. Oh, I... Now Tide Pods aren't going to sponsor us either. <laughs> that's that's it's fine. Okay, Tide Pods. <laughs> if you need an afternoon snack, Tide Pods. Did you know that you, there's a recipe to make fucking jello, like gelatin jello shot style? Shaped like Tide Pods. Of course it is. Yeah, why wouldn't there be? I'd, I'd eat them. I'd eat them. <laughs> it makes me um, sad. <laughs> um, what else? Um, oh, shit. Actually, I had another question, guys. Cool. What's what, the gin, man? Like, I, we, talked, we, we talked about his penis earlier, <laughs> but we didn't, like, talk about the, the thing. Like, when we first are, are mm-hmm. introduced to the gin... Um, he like has this really hot sex night with, um, with the guy who's a salesman. And then it looks like he like transfers his full essence into the salesman. And like, he comes out of the apartment and he's like, um, he says whatever line, Oh, I don't grant wishes. And I thought, Oh man, this genie takes over his bodies. He's, he's a monster. But then you find out that like this, uh, the salesman is now like just looking for him. Like he got he got um, some of that gin fizz and then uh, decided to oh, that was uh, like disappear. Thank you. Um, so now he's on this journey looking for him. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Yeah, I love the like the, I don't the know retching sound. Really don't know why it's fizzing up. Um, that's how it is. That's that's how it works with gins. Um, just. But, uh, foam. It's like it's like shaving cream. Uh, oh, yeah, looks like a, oh, a carpet cleaner. <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
Can you do it? Can you do it? We spilled wine on the carpet, Jen. Can you come over here? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. I don't grant wishes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so I'm guess you, I, I, with all of our interrupting, I guess you're asking what the fuck? Why was it in there? Kinda, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what even? Right, like not the what, but the so, why. Yeah. I yeah. actually, on the rewatch, I was trying to remember that. Uh, Lex, do you have any uh, good commentary on that? Because I'm trying to remember the exact proponent as to what brought us to gin fucking. Didn't. Didn't you just reread the book? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I haven't read this fucking thing in like over a decade. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. So I, I want to. It was also another because inter, I, I don't think we've actually touched upon this. Um, interspersed within the stories, there are other stories. You are thrown back into the past. You're thrown back to the the Vikings landing uh, here. You're thrown and slowly but surely we're going hot, um, like closer and closer to real time and right and we open the we open the episodes with these these stories mm-hmm. as little vignettes before yeah. we jump into the main narrative mm-hmm. right the coming to america pieces. right and if i recall that is a very the gin is to kind of uh each one of these stories has a little nugget of what can or cannot be brought with you to this country and some of it would be except oh, this one is a can and it's finding a self-acceptance in my interpretation of uh, a man coming to be able to be gay and open and that one was a very interesting story for me personally uh, but in yeah. the book it was kind of almost hmm, it was much shorter and it was almost to lead you into i want to say it was the Chicago story of the Cher- oh, oof. Chernog. I can never say this one right. The Russian, the Russian Chernobog. Uh, Chernobog. Chernobog. Thank you. Chernobog. Uh, Who's uh, uh, Peter Stormare in this mm, show, which yeah. is great. More of him and everything. So <laughs> that one, I think, was just to give us another example of um, certain parts of your faith make it to America as an immigrant, because that is part the, the big. This is the American dream story back in two thousand one. Um, it really was. It, it was very odd. It was a very odd interpretation of some of us bring our faith with us, some of us stick with this faith, some of us shed it. Um, and okay. this is might me a lot of me being a bit of a blowhard trying to, to rationalize what Neil Gaiman might just say. Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I just wanted some sweet, sweet ginseng. Sweet, sweet ginseng. And this one they used as a, 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 a in like as a tool in the show to have another perspective in what could become a very boring story between Mad Sweeney and Laura eventually. Cause I think he really did yeah. refresh it in the middle there. Yeah, I'd agree. I also like, there's a, there was a, a really kind, like sincereness to that character. Um, Salim, yeah. I believe was his name. Um, and like, also I feel like you don't get a lot of, uh, you don't get a lot of positive portrayals of Muslims practicing their faith on television. Mm -hmm. So that was also a really nice thing to see. It's just like this dude who's, who's practicing this, this, this gratefulness in in his, his faith. And you just get to see him like praying. And, and, and there's that moment when he's talking to, um, I think Laura specifically where they're talking about what do you pray for? And she's like, I pray for a bunch Mm -hmm. of things. And he's like, I don't pray for things. I pray to, to say thank you for where mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really amazing, powerful moment. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It's, 
I, I like that that was expanded, and I think that that hits the nail on the head. You, you said it best. Awesome. Uh, thank yeah. you. Oh, good night, everybody. You. All right. Oh, shaka, shaka, shaka. Uh, no. <laughs> foamy jizz, foamy the, jizz, just that's, everywhere. That's how I... Everywhere. Oh, God, it's everywhere. It's in the curtain. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to talk oh, over you. I'm sorry. Man. No, 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 I'm no. A you're fine. podcaster, too. Uh, what is what is what is podcasting? What is podcast? Um, I mean, that was my big list of things um, that I liked. I mean, we are we're running out of time. Any last thoughts or um, things that you guys want to say to the audience to get them to read or watch this thing? What are they missing out on, G- guys? Guys, uh, shit, uh, shit. what are your last thoughts? Oh, uh, dude. Oh, oh, jeez. One, two, three, right. no, oh, like- uh, Neil Gaiman. Good. God damn um, it. I don't, I, <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, I, I guess my big takeaway, especially just jumping back in and rewatching a couple episodes of the show and then having this discussion, I very much want to go back and reread the novel. And honestly, I think I'm overdue to jump back into Neil Gaiman's work in general. Mm. It's been a real long time since I've looked at Sandman. He's got a bunch of novels that I've never checked out. So I feel like I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit inspired to go and jump back in because it really has been quite some time and his short story compilations have extended uh short stories about american gods and not just a nazi boys so if you want more of uh, what would what is to come and what is to finish it, they are going to be in these it, in his uh smoke and daggers or smoke and mirrors i think is one of his short story anthologies but uh yeah i think what i want people to take away from this is that if you weren't if you think anything was too gratuitous or it was an unsatisfying sort of interpretation and you haven't read the book, this I encourage you to keep either watching it or to read the book as well because I think if they go the way I hope they do, which might be rough because Fuller's gone, but they said Neil Gaiman's going to be taking on a much higher role in the process. Um, right. Those moments like we described, the low-key moment, the aha moment – I really think will pay off well with a cast of characters that is cast almost identical to what was in my brain when I was reading the yeah. book. So I, like to the point where I, it, uh, one of my friends predicted Ian McShane was going to be cast and he didn't, nobody disappointed. I think what the best way I can describe this as is you're missing a bridge. And if you don't, and if you want to kind of find something new Please combine these two because you'll find a new, I think, some a new inspiration in a very bland uh, world of novels right now. If you're a big reader in the fantasy world, it's a little bland. So it, yeah. if you haven't experienced it, give it a shot. Yeah, and, and you talk about that bridge. For me, watching the show, I feel like, I mean, I'm in just because it's weird as shit. Oh, yeah. But if I if I wasn't, I've read the book. And so I, I may not remember in great detail how all of this stuff pays off, but I remember that it does. So if I was a little bit off put by the way some of this stuff was being put in front of me, I at least know, okay, like, there's good reason to stick with this story because it's going, there are going to be those moments later on if they do it well, that make you go like, Oh, okay, shit. Well, that's exciting. Like, let me, let me kind of put it this way. It's, uh, in the very first paragraph of your introduction to shadow, your talk, they tell you that he's really into coin tricks and you see that in the show. And, um, Whittles was uh, interviewed at one point, um, when he was talking about, he actually learned these coin tricks and, they are um, 
surprisingly difficult. And what it is is that the coin, if it's too cold, will slip through your fingers. If it's too warm, it'll stick to you. But when you get it to that sweet spot, it's just right, and it can be uh, manipulated however you want it. And that is what is happening to his character. And if you want to see where that goes, I think that's what I think that was a hint in his own way of saying it's worth watching because you're being manipulated as well because you're coming to mm-hmm. it through Shadow's eyes. So, interesting. I guess let it win. <laughs> and, and that 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 too though is why I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like without Brian Fuller? Because yeah. that's something that he did with Hannibal as well, in with insane efficiency. The way uh, Hannibal is manipulating Will Graham, you are also being manipulated by the show. And as Will starts to piece together what is being done to him and how, you are then able to start piecing it together with him in much the same fashion that you're describing so i'm curious to see how uh, another another showrunner tackles that approach Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um and i uh i just the the, i'm in it for the dongs i'm just in it for the dongs (laughs) i mean get get in there for the dongs I'm in there for the dog. Or, or the vagina. Or that, what did you, or that fucking uh, poon, what was it? Pooniverse. Pooniverse. Get in there for the Pooniverse. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, did you just go Louis Armstrong for a second? <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So thank you guys for joining us here on Missing Thank you Out. for having me. This was super fun. Hey guys, this is Future Tari. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties during the outro and we couldn't get Ruth Ann's audio, so I guess I'll sub in for her. Hope you guys enjoy that. Sorry for the inconvenience. Um, until then, when where 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 can they find you? Oh my gosh, you can find me on the Wiki Ship Down podcast. That's Wiki Ship Down. W I. K-I-S-H-I-P-D-O-W-N. I'm tarting into Tari. I do it every time. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Ruth Ann Beverly. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me, guys. It's been so fun. Of course. We'd also love for you to come down and join us on the Wiki Ship Down podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Let's chat about dongs. Oh, yeah. Digital dongs. Also, if you and Radioland have a good article for us to read, send it to wikishipdown at gmail.com. Also, if you have an ad, we'll read it too, because we're whores. (laughs) Hell, yeah. <laughs> um, Lex, yes. where where can people find you? Uh, I'm all over social media at the Lex Michael, and also I forget whether or not I plugged this on our last episode because I don't remember when things happen anymore. Right, of uh, course. I our our friend and friend of the show, Lucretia Lyon, does a podcast called Mrs. Brightside, where she talks about the bright side of things that are maybe not considered to have bright sides at all times. It's a very glass half full type conversation. Nice. I finally did an episode with. Her. Really? You? I, right? <laughs> uh, I finally I finally did an episode with her where we talked about, among a great many other things, the bright side of bad movies, uh, what you what you can learn both about the craft of cinema and also about yourself 
by engaging with things that you might have casually dismissed otherwise. Uh, fun conversation. A lot of people seem to be responding pretty positively to it, so go check that out. Also, before we sign off, a couple of people have been reaching out to us about this show on Twitter. Uh, we love that. Keep keep talking to us because that's that's great. Like that's part of why we do this is to talk to you guys. So we really appreciate every nice thing that you say. Keep keep talking to us. Yeah, and that Twitter is Missing Outcast. That's M I S S I N G O U T C A S T. Um, and you can find me at Tari J. That's T A R I J A Y. You can also find me on a, another podcast called Ride or Dice. I am. It is a uh, actual play podcast. Uh, Using the Savage World uh, RPG system, uh, we have set it in space for this campaign. That um, sounds super and fun. It is. It is very fun. It's a lot of like goofing about. It's there's a lot of really fun world building. So our episode zero is us actually building the world in the timeline uh, right before your ears, and then episode one is a fun little one-off to get you familiar with the characters. So. We really uh, hope that you guys can check it out. It launches every other Monday on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, So cool. Thanks everyone for joining us. We will see you uh, in the next week, which is on Tuesdays. Bye. What? (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be the co-host instead of Lex. Yeah. It was all a ploy to replace me with literally anybody. (laughs) Just literally any guest. Yeah. That's how you do reviews, motherfucker. That's how you do reviews, bitch. (laughs) 